little bit of a preamble. I want to welcome new listeners, as well as people from previous podcasts, uh, particularly Ferryman Radio. Star says hello. And now an introduction on you know, a little bit more to the point. Um, this podcast, uh, Molteno, is here to do what matters most. Spread happiness, disseminate knowledge, enjoy life fully. And sometimes there will be guests. I can also guarantee you, though, that sometimes there just won't be. Um, yes, at first, there won't be commercials. And like all things, they change, and eventually, there will. For now, and forever, let's just enjoy the moment. Enjoy each other. And above all, do what's right. Live well. Eat well. Be well. social circle is intersected with mine. He was interviewed and it's being presented here next because of his tenacity. In light of the current state of affairs in America, he didn't squabble. He didn't rabble rouse. He acted. Vitriol has a time and place, especially when more and more of us are being shot and hung every day. Especially when that was supposed to be a bygone era. However, now is the time for love. Now is the time for peace. And now, Kamal of Muhammad, founder of Us of America. No mention in the latest tribune. Don't let this happen to you.
genuinely you're doing well man like yeah yeah you know um i'm excited and you know i'm anxious about you know you know what i'm about to propose really mm-hmm. or, or putting myself out there and things like that so um you know we'll see how it goes but well, it's perseverance. It's just pushing. That's what I, I feel like I'm always telling people that lately. Yeah. You know, just keep pushing. It's, you're always going to have those down moments where you don't want to do it anymore. But the moment you pick yourself back up, you're uh, leaps and bounds ahead of other people who completely quit. Right. You know? yeah, 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 that's true. I found that in my, like, you know, throughout my life, you know, I had a turning point where I had to decide, like, you know, whether I'm going to, like, I just give up and chill or if mm-hmm. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. trying. And, uh, you know, it's... When you think about, you know, giving up, you're thinking about, like, you know, and then what? Like, you just stuck. Like, that's it. It's like, you know, then your life will be over. And, you know, what what fun would that be for you just to, like, you know, just give up and stuff like that and do nothing yeah. and be stuck, you know? So why not, you know, face the challenge and, you know, try to step up to the plate and do the best you can? Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of people... At some point in their lives, I don't know what's the catalyst for it, they find themselves deciding whether they're going to keep pushing for this dream or this idea, whether they had it themselves or was foisted upon them. Um, and it's, I think it's, it shows a, quite a bit of character to be able to push forward and say either I'm going to keep doing this thing because I'm, you know, I'm going to figure out a way to make it work or, hey, this isn't working for me. I'm going to pivot a little bit and do something that actually does work for me. As opposed to, as you said, just giving up. Right. You know. Yeah, I agree. Nothing's easy. Nothing's easy. Um, yeah, you find that <laughs> out like really quick. <laughs> like nothing is easy out here, man. If you don't put in the work, and you know, you have to have dedication to it too, because um, I find that to be one of an important thing as well as you know, you can't just not give up, but you know. Being able to work and work hard and mm. work every day at something towards that goal is mm. uh, just as important because, you know, time is, you know, very powerful, you know, that's yes. all, like, time is pretty powerful. So as long as we can, you know, take the time that we have and do the best that we can, uh, you know, efficiently, I mm. guess, mm. you know, what everybody's looking for it. You know, even now, like, the job market, like, you know, well, you just want to stay there and, like, stay in the office from 9 to 5, and, like, you know, you feel like you're stuck, you feel trapped. Like, even now in my job, like, you know, I can say I feel trapped because you have responsibilities, I have rent, I have, you know, I just can't make the transition. Um, but I think what millennials are looking for, or, you know, myself, mm-hmm. is, is that, um, you know, I want to see my hard work pay off in a sense that, you know, I'm not in the office from nine to five every day and my salary is, you know, this is what it is. I want to mm-hmm. see, you know, if I put in 10 times the effort, I want to see my money grow 10 times that effort. Okay. And um, so I, I like, you know, like I've been working with like Uber and stuff like that, or I'm trying to work with Uber. And, uh, you know, I, that's like, it's like a hustle, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you put in, the more you want to get out of it. So, um I think, you know, that's what people are looking for. Or, you know, if you do want to do the 9 to 5, that there is something that, you know, you can just get plugged into instead right. of uh, just a college degree and then you're out there left on your own just to, like, job search and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating how, you know, we, we want to maintain whatever dream or ideals that we have or that were given to us. And in order to do so, 
as you said, we find ourselves in some type of nine to five or, you know, I guess it would be five to one, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever the, your schedule is, um, trying to maintain that dream. So your home or your apartment and your car or your animals or your significant others, um, all, all these things that you're paying towards, but you're not getting any kind of satisfaction out of those things. So the, the job itself, you're spending seven, seven and a half hours outside of the coffee slash lunch breaks, you know, uh, doing something where you don't feel fulfilled. Usually, the average person, you don't feel like you're going towards something that's going to give you that endorphin rush or adrenaline rush of success. Um, right. And then when you then expend the energy to maintain um, that version of a lifestyle that you've built up, up till that point, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, or 60s, um, that is not the fulfilling moment. The fulfilling moment is spending time with uh, friends and family or spending time with uh, yourself and trying to figure out, like we were talking about, uh, whether you're headed in the direction you want to go in or not. You right. know, uh, So if you look at it that way, most people spend 80, 85%, 90% of their time not improving themselves not improving the people around themselves, and it's not their fault. I mean, it, yeah. when the, the term of the system is, is not meant to be conspiratorial. Um, it's, it's just the society that was kind of put in place. It's like, okay, here's some cool ideas, whether it was the New Deal, and it's Social Security, and Medicare, you know, or uh, those ideals anyways. Um, or it's, here's the Civil Rights Act, or here's uh, rights for women. In the United States, and I'm just focusing on the U.S., all these different right. things are given to us, but we are, we're living in a system that's, okay, yes, slavery's okay, and uh, corporations can buy up whatever amounts of land they want and do with the, with the water what they will, as long as they make a decent enough deal with the owner of the land. You know, um, all these things that aren't made to make us better people, to make us happier right. people. It's meant to uh, perpetuate a status quo. So the hope is that individuals like yourself stand up and say, hey, you know, I kind of have a different idea of um, how we should be doing things. We don't have to destroy the system. We, we can use what works to push us all towards a place where we can all shop at Costco. We can all have the potential to have a Prius or be on the path to getting one, you know. Um, like when people say, like, oh, socialism is horrible. It's like, oh, no, it's a waiting list, and I'd rather a waiting list than a no. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always like, you know, for everything that you said, you know, it's always about like the timing. This is, and you know, this is what I mean by time is that, you know, the time is of the essence right now. So, you know, we should all look for, and you know, we're all looking for an answer. We all, you know, have that burning desire, that energy, that energy just needs to transform into something that could actually make change. And, you know, you know, and you're talking about this is the way society is. Mm. Yes, society is this way, but, you know, society is ever-evolving. Mm. Like, we as the people yes. are ever-evolving. So, you know, it's, I guess it's a decision to either take what's given to us or we make tomorrow, like, mm. you know. And, you know, uh, so I think we have to make that decision right now. Like, this is uh, an essential point in, in history where... You know, the world is getting so much smaller mm. with social mm. media and things like this. And, um, you know, we're becoming more like each other, I guess. You know, 
the, the culture is becoming one big earth culture instead mm. of a United States culture or okay. whatever culture and something like this. Um, and be, it's because of technology, because mm. of social media, because we're able to connect to, you know, whatever is most popular at that time and then you learn from it and then, you know, you live in it and, yeah. you know, you become just like it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, guess my point is like, let's just evolve with the time and then mm. the people who had that burning and that passion, like, you know, every time we see something happen on the news or, you know, whatever the case may be, but, you know, whatever gets you out there to go and protest, you know, turn that energy into, you know, a political platform that can invoke change for yeah. us us basically yeah that makes a lot of sense to me i mean the 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 point of this show and i know a lot of different uh, forms of art you know uh, something that's created that's meant to evoke an emotion or thought okay Um, those things are meant to inspire people who are behind closed doors uh, speaking about things just like this you know why is it that on my way driving to target or walmart or costco I'm seeing people that are hungry. If this yeah. is 2016, like there must be something wrong here. And is the burden on me? Like, did I do something wrong? Did my neighbor do something wrong? Did my government? Did another country? You know, um, and instead of having people just take a strictly Greek approach and sit around in a semicircle or full circle and just debate, to have people stand up and say, okay, we've sat around and thought about this for a decent amount of time. How about we do this? And, and instead of having it kind of up for debate, just pushing forward those I, ideals. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's, it's time for that. Like, yeah. you know, it's time for that action. It's not time for, like, debating, you know, to, you know, looking for answers. And a lot of people say that we don't have answers, but there are answers out there. And, you know, they, they, we just need to have, you know, collectively bring those answers together and, you know, uh, promote that forward, you know? Yes, yes. So, That's what it's all about. You know, like, yeah. So, like, one of the topics, like, police reform. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, what can be done about police reform? One of the problems that I, I see with policing is that, you know, all the cops out here are, they're not from around here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're from Long Island or, you know, somewhere else. Like, just maybe Staten Island or something. But they're not from the community. They know mm-hmm. nothing about the community. So, why not have a community task force where, you know, you... You could train people within the neighborhood to, you know, do neighborhood watch Mm -hmm. and just walk around Mm -hmm. the neighborhood, you know, these groups and protect the neighborhood. That way, you know, it'll be safer for everybody. And if if there is a big disturbance, then yes, the NYPD needs to come in, you know, step in and do their job. But um, I think the biggest problem, even I walk by cops and I see like, you know, I feel some type of way because Mm -hmm. I feel so vulnerable with cops because no matter what the situation, like, there's always that chance where you could end up, you know, with a bullet in your chest because, yes. you know, you could comply and be, oh, but they can agitate the situation. And, mm. you know, I've been in situations where I've seen cops agitate situations to, mm. to make it a problem, that more of a problem than it needed to be. Um, or you could be, you could, you know, stand up for yourself and right. say, you know, no, you can't talk to me like that. And that agitates the situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on both sides of the spectrum, you know, the results, it, you know, it's just ending the same. And I think that's the biggest problem with the policing that we have. Yeah. Is, you know, how, you know, African-Americans can feel so vulnerable towards cops. Mm-hmm. Um, where no matter how you act, you know, the situation can end up 
you know, being that you may end up dead. Um, so community task force is one of the um, things that I look for and changes to police reform. Um, okay. And it's something that could be simply be done, I think. Well, I can definitely relate there because, um, you know, it's what I want to attempt to do. There are a lot of general issues that people have um, in society today, but when you can make it more relatable, you know, the hope is that people can then say, oh, well, now this is how I can apply these ideas into my life. Um, you brought up how uh, you'll be walking around in the streets, you know, and you'll know for a fact that if you're somewhere on 79th Street and Broadway, you could be having an altercation or a conversation rather with a police officer who lives in Staten Island or yeah. who lives in Queens or who lives upstate. You know, it could just be a reality. As long as they live in the state, that's good enough. And right. that shouldn't be good enough. You know, right. even though you need more police officers, one would think you call them in as reinforcements. You know, and the response time might be a lot longer, but uh, applying what you were saying about having uh, community task forces, let's say like uh, Boys and Girls Club, they exist. Bolstering them up more onto the level of like the New York Public Library, where the New York Public Library is beautiful in the sense that yeah. it's a resource that exists that seemingly is not going anywhere. And it allows itself to be a repository for knowledge that would disappear otherwise in this digital age. And the only way that exists is kind of like a pseudo-PBS model where there is a slight amount of public funding that comes in through, I'm assuming, public works, you know, to, to keep those buildings maintained because they're a, a monument in one way, shape, or form, um, especially the one downtown, 40-something street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but private funding, you know, people who would otherwise donate to the Met or to the MoMA, those museums would donate to the public library. Um, to reinforce institutions like that, like the Boys and Girls Club, um, would allow for places for people to go other than places that uh, w could potentially be deemed as uh, a problem area, quote-unquote. So look at it this way. Any basketball court in Brooklyn, a cop is automatically going to assume, oh, something's going down here, right? Right. Okay, yeah. but think about it. Any baseball court in Central Park they don't think that they don't they, now we I could just be casting my paranoia out there but I know that's the truth because you don't just see cops walking around the baseball diamonds in Central Park <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, why is that I think yeah a part of that is race-based definitely because you can't get around it it's humanity but also the system the apparatus in Central Park you got to get a permit to do all kinds of stuff and you never hear anyone complain about getting a permit like needing one whether it's playing baseball on the diamond or doing Shakespeare in the park. If they want to do it, they get a permit to do it. Instead of doing that, like with Brooklyn, like, oh, let's make these people get a permit. It's like, no, they're playing ball because they're a part of a championship organization that's at the Boys and Girls Club. So these 16, 17, and 18-year-olds are the varsity players to these 12, 13, 14, and 15-year-olds who are playing in this bracket game that's a league that's their whole neighborhood. That sounds really like Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind, and Fire, 70s, you know, like, oh, let's all get together. But it's an apparatus that exists. And instead of right. forsaking it, you know, we can augment that to, you know, um, safety measures. You know, like you were saying, like a, a security task was like, you know, neighborhood watch. Right. You know, because I think, like you said, that paranoia of being African-American or being any race in this country and going 
up to someone and trying to communicate. And you can't because they're ready to draw on you. Or they're ready to assume that you are ready to draw on them. It's a difficult right. position to be in. So to make it where you're in less positions to be in front of them and not taking you away from doing the things you want to do, like bolster that. It's like, okay, yeah, you're really into playing sports or you're really into making music or you're really into writing poetry or you're really into banking. You know, whatever it is you're into, guidance counselors, necessary as hell. You yeah. know, guiding and focusing not only the K through 12s, but the people that are over that age group that are like, hey, man, okay, you're going down a bad path. Like, this is neighborhood watch now. Instead of me, like, trying to look for someone breaking into something, I'm watching you. I know you. For the last three right. years, you're going down a bad path, man. You've been in and out. So why don't you come upstairs? We need some potato salad or we need some french fries or whatever. We're going to chill, have a salad, and relax. And tell me why you feel what you're doing is better than helping out your moms or your, or your pops or helping out, you know, your friends down the block. You know. No, I, I I definitely see exactly where you're going. But, like, you know, we do need institutions that, you know, give us more options to mm. do something that we want to do. So, uh, and that goes with, like, education, you know? Like, you know, basketball is, a, is another form of education. Like, yes. you're teaching somebody how to play basketball. So you can play that boys and girls, play as a team. So, you know, if you are good enough to play, you can make it to the NBA. Um you know, and there's so many other institutions. Mm, you know, you need mm. guidance counselors. We need uh, tutoring services. We mm, need, mm. you know, we need recreational centers and you know things like that that people can go to. And you know, they don't have to just chill on the right. block. Like, right, you know, you're not right. just chilling on the block, but you're like going somewhere and actually doing something. And I think um, that's one of the like is like with the issue with you know the whole uh, the uh, African American subject, one mm, of black mm. subject is that. You know, there's so many issues and so many ways to tackle the problem. And, you know, people look at it from, you know, a thousand different, you know, uh, vantage points. Mm, mm, um, mm. And, you know, and it's because it's true. Like, there is a lot of issues and things like that. But, um, you know, the best thing that we could do right now is relieve tension among, you know, authority who, you know, we think is trying to come out and get us and um, lock us up, which, you know, is... Or kill us, which you know we've seen in many yeah, it's a reality. cases. Yeah, yeah, so you know, ease those tensions, like get people in the community, educate us, and educate the people on you know, um, and create institutions that people could go to instead of hanging out on the block, and then uh, train people to get good jobs, like mm. to plug them mm. into something, you know, like and not even the ways of getting a degree, like, you know, just a, a certification of something, mm. like, you know, mm. now I'm certified to do plumbing, or now I'm certified to do, you know, this, or, you know, I'm certified to, to drive a taxi or something like that, you know, we need uh, solutions like that to mm. to tackle all those problems, you know, the, the 1,000 vantage points that everybody's looking at can all be tackled by, you know, focusing on those core solutions and mm. um, and give it time and then watch how, you know, things change. But um, right now, I guess the most important thing that we need to tackle is police reform because you don't want to feel that vulnerable feeling as you go out there. I think tension is, you know, or emotion is uh, more essential to, you know, progressing mm. uh, as a people. You know, you want to have positive emotion or you want to know that, you know, you could go and fight for your rights and, or, you know, you can stand up for yourself and, you know, you won't end up dead, you know, for doing that, you know, 
There's, and then there's, we can fight the education and job training. Yeah, yeah, no, it's education, job training, uh, police reform. A, a lot of these things are incredibly important. And I think uh, one of the crossroads of those uh, subjects is uh, having a sense of pride, you know, having that instilled within you. And that goes to the, the weird altercations that have been occurring as of late. I don't mean to talk about it in such flower language. Um, black men being killed for no reason by cops. Uh, that's been happening because a, a sense of pride was instilled with the black power movement. That was a direct response to having now having civil rights trying to fight against this concept of quote-unquote white power. Right. Not power, not just having power, so now we're going to call this power that we have black power, but we need to fight against white power. How will we do that? Not with power, but with black power. And I think through the generations, which is just like one or two at best, depending on your uh, socioeconomic background, um, where we're at now, you have um, uh, police procedures that are made to retaliate against black power, not power. Interesting. Okay? So everyone, whether you're, you know, Asian-American or... Uh, Indian American or Alaskan American, I don't know why I'm going in like weird places, but it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, you should feel safe in the, in, the, in the knowledge that when I go to the store or I go to the movies or I go to hang out with friends or family, I'm going to be okay. And the belief is that power is given up to the authorities. You know, like, oh, the government or the cops, don't worry, they'll keep you safe. The funny thing is, the black power movement was like, oh no, that's cool and all, but you got to have that safety within yourself. So make sure that your people down the block are cool. Make sure that your people down in South Carolina are cool. Like it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, I, I don't mean to throw out weird buzzwords, but it's like the mafia in the sense of not doing illegal things, but looking out for people who are associated just by blood. Okay. And that scares the crap out of people <laughs> when they see it like, okay, we have to have a conversation where we're trading power. You know, I'm a doctor, you're a lawyer, or I'm a bus driver, you're a nurse, you know, or I'm a school teacher, you're a homemaker, you know, whatever the case is. And you're trading all of the years of experience of what's made you who you are up until that point um, and using that as a defense for the position that you have. It's very hard to do that when you've been instilled by your parents or your grandparents or your aunts and uncles like, hey, don't listen to anybody that gives you crap. You know, like if you believe in something, stand for that. Not right. not every group of people in the world is enforced with that on a regular basis. And then, like you said, have to deal with an apparatus that's set up that's made to make you believe that you're not supposed to have any pride or power. Right. You know, exactly. um, What's going to end up happening is people are going to Google your name uh, or, or anything that you're affiliated with and then find out, if it hasn't already been said in this conversation, that you are black. <laughs> and then they're going to have all kinds of weird things that they're going to say, positive or negative. So let's just quickly go over background. Where were you born, man? I was born and raised in Harlem in New York. All right. Um, I grew up on the east side of Harlem, and then I moved to the west side of Harlem, and that's where I reside now. All right, all right. 
and now I haven't I haven't been in this city in a few years, but it's still uh, delineated as it were. Most people don't know, as you know, Harlem, all of Harlem is not quote unquote black Harlem. This isn't right. a positive or negative anything. It's just it is what it is. Correct? Yeah. <laughs> so you got Spanish Harlem. Yeah. You got uh over by Columbia. Mm. That's not even Harlem, but they say yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, well, I just wanted to, just for the listener, you know, uh, you'll hear all kinds of things about Harlem, whether it's, oh, somebody got shot in Harlem, or, hey, doesn't Rent take place in Harlem? <laughs> that musical? It's like, yeah, Harlem's a big place. You know, a lot of amazing things could happen, you know. Um, okay, and you, so you ended up going through your whole, like, K-12, through all that jazz in the, in New York? Yeah, yeah, so um, I went to my elementary school, junior high school was in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to high school downtown um, in Wall Street, uh, high school economic and finance. And then I did a year in college at BNCC, and I did a year in college at Brooklyn College, and then I left college. Um, now, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on, um, I was going to say state-sponsored college. colleges, but just colleges in general? What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> you know, I work in a college, and, I, you know, I, it's hard for me to have this conversation with students because, mm. you know, I don't want to discourage them, or I don't know if it's right to discourage them from going to college. But, you know, I do see colleges like, you know, just a business, you know. You, you go and, you know, you, you learn their curriculum, which has nothing to do with the real world, and then mm. they put you out there in the real world, and they're like, okay, make it with this degree that we taught you, that we gave you from, you know, that we taught you basically from the curriculums that they have. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it doesn't match up with that. It can, if, like, college is good for it. Like, if you know what you want to do, if you're focused on that direct goal and you know what you want to do from when you're, like, 16 or 18 or something like that, then, yeah, you could, there's a process you could go through and you can get yourself um, through college and, and a good job in the field that you want. But a lot of people, they don't know that. So, okay. um and sometimes it takes later to develop what you want to do or what you want to do may not be the college route. But, you know, they sell us on that, you know, go to college and you should be uh, okay. But, and, you know, take out a loan on college mm-hmm. and, you know, it'll all pay off. But, you know, the, there's no, you know, you're not, there's no high paying jobs out there that, you know, can help pay off your school loan, pay your rent, you know, buy a house and do all these other things. So, mm-hmm. Uh, or they're achieving that American dream. So, I mean, I think college is like a scam in a sense. I think if you want to get a good job, you should get certified to do something. Um, and that way you get plugged into, you know, doing what you want to do. Um, and, and But if you do go to college, you know, there are some benefits to going to college. Um, you know, you can meet a lot of people within the field that you may want to go in. Mm build mm-hmm. connections. I think that's the, the biggest props of going to college is building connections and not just with the faculty of the school but like with your classmates and things like that. Um, but I mean that all depends on where you go to college, what kind of school you go to and things like that. But, um, yeah, I, I just saw an article on the Consumer Report about, you know, debt is $1.4 trillion mm-hmm. student loan debt. And apparently student loan debt is not forgiven, you know, at any point. Or, you know, in some cases you got to work for the state and maybe it'll forgive you a work, you know, a federal job and they'll forgive you or something like that. But um, 
you know, that stays with you for forever. Mm. And and to be to start your life out being thirty seven thousand dollars in debt, like, man, yeah. that kinda sucks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. especially with the jobs that are out here. So um you know, it kinda sucks. It put it, it traps people, it puts you in the in the system, you mm. know. So, mm. you know, um my whole thing was you know, never be in the system. I got into, like, maybe $1,500 of credit card debt, and that was enough for me to decide, like, you know, I'm never doing credit again. Like, mm, don't pay for anything. Mm. I'm going to do straight cash because, yeah. you know, I, I want to make sure I have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, credit, nah, I'm good. Like, so, but, you know, you get to a point where at some point you have to use a credit card, and I'm trying to build my credit right now. So I have mm. one cheating credit card that I have that, you know, has a low uh, with, uh, uh, max on it, and, you know, I rarely use it, or I use it when I'm doing some online purchases or something, just to build my credit. And, but yeah, that is like not the way to go. The, the I guess the best way to stay free is to not be in debt. Don't be liable to somebody else. You know, and you know, once you have that feeling that you're not liable, I think you know you can set yourself up with better opportunities to do what you actually want to do, and you can just you know stack some money and then pour that money into something that you think is going to affect your life in a positive way. I completely agree with that. Uh, and, and I think it could be extended to a lot of different walks of life uh, when it becomes, uh, when, when you find yourself in a position where you're indebted to someone. It means that they've done a favor for you and you have not returned the favor. Right. You know, so whether it's somebody says, hey, can you pick my mail up because I'm going to be on vacation? You know, uh, and now you've done that thing for them. If they don't, you know, bring you over some cookies, <laughs> you know, or say thank you, there's going to be a weird thing between you, you know, because yeah, they're indebted true. to you. And you could blow that up to, oh, okay, you got a, um American Express card or a Discover card, you know, when you were in college and was like, screw it, I'm going to buy everybody drinks tonight. <laughs> like, it's just happening. You know, um, they're doing a favor for you. And the idea is, oh, well, you're going to give them a favor back. You're going to give them a promissory note of American tender. Um, the, the funny thing about that is in order to give that favor back, you have to have the promissory notes. And since the uh, government bailout in this country, um, the interest rate has been uh, close to, if not at 0%, as dictated by the uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve, uh, Ben Bernanke, at the time. Uh, and the funny thing about that is, uh, whether the audience knows or not, um, the government loans or gets money loaned to it from the Federal Reserve. It's not a government institution. It's just a private organization, you know, like American Express right. <laughs> and Discover. Yeah. And they say, here, uh, here's a X amount of dollars, and you have to give us that money back with interest. They have not been loaning out money. So if you look at it, Look back to days of college, days of college, your college days, and how easy it was to get a credit card, and how difficult it is now. It doesn't matter who you are. I mean, you, you can see it on reality shows. People are going out of their way to set up businesses so they can get a line of credit. That's the thing they're not talking about. They're setting up these businesses knowing that retail is in the toilet. No one's going to a store to buy crap. They're going to Amazon.com. Yeah. <laughs> and the people who aren't are going to eBay. Okay, and unless it's Black Friday, you know, 
or the day after Christmas and they're returning something. No one's going to the store to buy high-priced items. Okay, so if you're creating a storefront, you're literally creating a front because no one's going to stores anymore. So the only way that you can get a line of credit above $250,000, something that's outside of FDIC insured, is to have a business front, specifically a storefront. Because otherwise you can't get, you know, oh, I'm just going to go and just get a regular green American Express card. I'm just going to go out and get a Visa card. Oh, no, you have to be pulling in five pushing six figures to get a decent credit card outside of credit cards you already have, not to push up your line of credit. Um, that may or may not be something that you've experienced, but that's definitely something I've experienced and researched as of late and wondered why it's not talked about that much. That money isn't being given out not only on, when it comes to lines of credit, but loans or grants. All of the loans and grants that have been pre-existing, as it were, going to different colleges, universities, farmers, um, communities, all those things continue to be given out. And they've been cut accordingly, given depending on what district you live in. Um, but when it comes to new things, new budgetary allocations, it hasn't occurred. And you can consider that uh, racial given the president that's in office and the legislative branch kind of refusing to enact anything, you could consider that uh, a systemic problem that occurred because of the government bailout and there was nothing on the end of that pipeline to allow for money to be given back to the people. If you vaguely, you, you may remember, um, at the end of George Bush's presidency, everybody got a check. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and like everybody Wonder forgot things. that, but that does not happen outside of a, a tax uh, a tax refund. It just doesn't. The government doesn't just give you money. And, I, and I, again, yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to... Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't want to say <laughs> that that's, um, there was some kind of hidden agenda behind that. I will just say that it's something worth paying attention to, that you have moments where a country is kind of being wrung dry like a sponge, and you wonder if it's being treated like a child um, via a very... Um, stringent parent that's trying to see if they'll make it out the other side. They'll call it like Keynesian economics. There's a lot of different economic models that suggest that what we're going through is uh, a period of causing people to be desperate in the hopes that you'll weed out the individuals who aren't strong enough to survive and then you'll have other people who will stand up with cool ideas like an Elon Musk type, you know, yeah. or a Steve Jobs or yourself. You know, they're going to come up with these ideas without having to be given an incentive first, other than desperation. I don't know. No, I, I, I completely understand. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, the... I just lost my train of thought, but... Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It happens from time to time. We're all just human beings. As perfect of yeah, a society no. we want to have. <laughs> We're not perfect... Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the thing. Like, we have to work with each other, so... Well, you know, like I said, I just wanted to give a, a quick little background. Like, okay, you know, you're from New York. You went to school in New York. Uh, you grew up in Harlem, you know, uh, and it, you're kind of, I would assume, fighting against all kinds of stereotypes that are being pushed upon you. Like, this is... Like, no one's really saying it to your face, but they're giving suggestions of what you maybe should or should not do from time to time. Deck. Yeah, like, um, I was in the store the other day, and uh, this lady, you know how now, and after the shootings and everything, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the 
black and white people want to have their moments, like, you know, yes. you just hug and stuff. And I'm in the supermarket, and I drop my, my chain on the floor or whatever, and this lady, some white lady tried to pick it up. She tried to have a moment with me. And mm. I'm like, lady, I, I don't want to have a moment with you. Like, you know, this is not what's going to change anything. Like, mm. let's not have a moment. Let's, let's, you really got to change something. I don't right. care if it's like, you know, whether you want to integrate with uh, the society that's already out there or whether you want to do your own thing, you should have the option to do both. Like, mm. you know, mm. or do whatever you want. But, you know, it, we're looked at upon as, you know, inferior beings or something like that. And I think that's the biggest issue. And, um, you know, because the world is getting so small, because, you know, of social media and everything like that, you can see, like, you know, what's being propagated to, to us. Like, mm. you know, mm. more you know, how we propagate each other, you know, and, you know, you go on world side, you see, you know, world side got popular because of all these fights that used to happen that, that people would put up in, you know, beef and everything, the music yeah. industry, all you hear about is, you know, you know, guns and sex and everything like that. You go on TV and you watch National Geographic and all they're talking about is gangs in Chicago and how they mm. out there selling coke and all this other stuff and, you know, and you think about like, wow, this is stuff on national TV that they're putting everywhere and, you know, in the country, like, so, you know, the only way they can think about us is, you know, under those circumstances that being shown to them that they're listening to and things like that, because they don't know anything else. Well, so, I, I'd say that's, that's an interesting uh, observation, and I want to get to these uh, 12 points, uh, okay. and, and the stereotypes. Um, there are good stereotypes and bad stereotypes, and I think that you know, we can get crazy in-depth about it, but just trying to stay general, you can use stereotypes to your advantage. Yes. Okay? Um, so when someone believes, like, oh, okay, this person is only good for playing sports, or they're only good for making music, or they're only good for being great at math, or this person is only good for being a, a housewife or a house husband, you know, I don't think one should take that as a negative. Because you don't have to fight through acceptance, okay? Man. You don't have to go through the five stages of grief to get someone to understand where you're coming from. So, look at, for instance, uh, the police. This <laughs> is where we tend to circle around. Um, if they're stereotyping and automatically assuming, okay, if I saw a group of six uh, Caucasian men together that were like six foot five, I'd automatically assume, and they look like college kids, they're probably, like, on the rowing team or they're on the wrestling team, you know what I mean, or something. Like, they're going to some sporting event. And if I see six, six-foot-five African-American men, you know, it's the same time of night, 8 o'clock at night, and they all got duffel bags. If I see these same six dudes, I'm going to go approach them and figure out what the heck is going on here, right? Okay. Now, we know that's a reality. We know that could actually happen, right? We also know that having different dialects, as it were, you know, being able to just, you know, talk with colloquialisms. Like, all right, man, that shit makes no sense. You know, or say, you know, that makes absolutely no sense to me. You know, being able to do that is a skill that's worth having in this country that you get being a minority, as you know. So if you know you're in a stereotypical situation, inst instead of attempting to escalate it, knowing that they're trying to escalate it to no end, turn it into some hilarious comedy sketch a la Key and Peele. You know, they can't come up with all kinds of whatever scenarios and you're like oh yeah no no we're on our way to go rob a bank <laughs> and they're like oh yeah it's like oh yeah no we're all color coordinated 
were a part of the Washington Hornets. You know, just messing with individuals. Now, granted, one could say like, okay, that's going over the line. You know, that's that that maybe escalated to a point where they decide they want to shoot you. But truth be told, there are certain people that just want to do that anyway. Okay, there are certain yeah. people, like you said, they just have an agenda against you. And if you give them the reason that they're expecting, then you're just perpetuating that cycle. But if right. you take some kind of a cool yin and yang approach that's kind of part Martin Luther King, part Malcolm X, where you're trying to be as intelligent as possible for every situation. You know, and you look at it, it's like, okay, you just stereotyped me and all my people, so we're going to play that game with you now. So right. you think we're getting ready to steal something. Yeah, we are. Actually, we're on our way to Krispy Kreme to get some donuts. You want to come with us? You know, we need some security. You want to hang out out front? And they'll be like, all right, go ahead, move along. Or they'll be like, all right, stop playing these damn games and give us your license and registration. Be like, all right, you can have it. Cool. <laughs> I just want to tell you, though, I'm going to go tell my people, and this is going to be on Facebook later on. You know what I mean? What you see happen more and more, granted, uh, all the cameras aren't necessarily helping to cut down on the amount of violence against our community but it's shining a light on it just like finding out about lynchings at the turn of the century as it were via newspapers you know people reading newspapers people getting telegrams people are finding out about this stuff now via twitter instagram snapchat things they're quicker yeah they don't have to wait a day or a week or two weeks or a month they find Mm -hmm. out instantaneously you know, they, you, you hear about this guy, they still, they haven't released his name, um, in Atlanta, Georgia, that got hung in a tree on wow. Tuesday night. And it was on Twitter, everything, the quote-unquote black Twitter. And a couple of local news sites picked it up and said, like, hey, you know, the police ruled it a suicide. There was no sign of struggle. But just coincidentally, again, a bunch of people tweeted out about this, and I recommend our, the audience to go Google this stuff. Um... It was the week, actually, I should say. It was the week of the 4th of July. Just because this is, <laughs> this is the internet and people could be listening to this next week or in October. And they're like, last week? Nothing happened in October. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> the 4th of July week in 2016. I don't mean to laugh about it, but that is weird. Um, yeah. Um, a lot of uh, KKK flyers were being hunt- handed out the night before. A bunch of people took pictures like, yeah, I just had this on my front lawn. You know? So these things are happening. Yes, it's a century after the fact that people found out that it was happening en masse. And we're finding out that it's still happening. But like you said at the beginning of this, being hypervigilant, you know, just kind of staying out there and pushing your message and when necessary, adapting, changing, you know, because sometimes your ideas might need to change to adapt to the people you're talking to or the society you're trying to step into, you know. That's the only way you can fight against this stuff, you know, knowing that stereotypes are going to happen, you know. And, and they're good. I mean, not to do what I always do and talk about movies again, but you watch the movies you watch because they have stereotypical roles in them. You like The Breakfast Club because Bender is Bender and Molly Ringwald is Molly Ringwald. You know what I mean? You watch Friday because Smokey is Smokey and Ice Cube is Ice Cube. You know what I mean? If they weren't playing a particular role like The Fool or The Learned One, or the scapegoat. You know, if they weren't playing that role, they would just be weird characters floating around nebulously in space. Yeah. You know? No, I, I agree. Um, but, you know, my thing is, like, that's great. Like, you know, we love who we are. Like, it's not like a thing where, you know, 
we're trying to be somebody else or anything mm-hmm. like that. Friday was directed by Ice Cube, so exactly. you know, of course, we're gonna promote our own stereotypes. I think, um, you know, I think what people are confused with is like that, you know, African Americans aren't looking for like a handout; they just want the equal opportunity mm-hmm. that everybody else has. And you know, as far as you know, whether it's judgment upon the law mm-hmm. or you know, getting a loan or being accepted to a school or, you know, uh, getting a job or anything like that. Like, you know, the opportunity has to be equal. And, you know, like I said, like, you know, whether you want to integrate and Mm -hmm. go into that society or you want to create a society among ourselves Mm -hmm. that will, you know, do that for us. You know, we have our own institutions and things and we have our own uh, um, ways you know, uh, workforce that'll help us get jobs and training centers that'll help us, you know, train to get, you know, good jobs and things like that. Um, you know, at one point, uh, I was talking with my brother and he came up with the idea of, of having a black bank. And, you know, I know we got African-American owned banks like Carver and uh, mm-hmm. whatever other one that they have out there. But, um, I actually, I don't know too much about Carver, but like, you know, it doesn't seem like they're, funding in the community, you know, and, uh, like, you go on 125th Street and you see a lot of, um, corporations and stuff like that, and maybe about 20 years ago, it was, you know, a lot of, um, black-owned stores, yeah. and, you know, so, how did those stores leave? How did they not been able to, to pay rent or anything like that, or, like, is Carver Bank involved in that, or... You know, but uh, my point is, me and my brother mm. was talking about uh, building a black bank, and the black bank would be for the purpose of, you know, funding uh, education, funding mm. job training, funding, you know, things for the community. If we want to have our own recreation center, uh, the black bank should own it. And, you know, people just donate, you know, donate, you know, if, if, like if you're getting a weekly check or every check every two weeks, maybe you want to donate 1% of that check or 3% of that check mm. to the mm. black bank. And as a black bank, Grows, it will invest in community outreach and you know uh, all the other things that the community needs. Um, I, I think that's a really good idea, especially you know a bank or a credit union and something that exists to bolster the reforms that uh, right. not only yourself but other individuals will step up and say, "Hey, this is a good idea. Let's get this going," and not have to go through the apparatus that currently exists, but via a new one. Um, yeah, the apparatus that's not even for us. Like, right. you know, none of this is for us. So, like, you might as well, as long as we are able to have our piece of the pie, like, we will build our own stuff over here. Like, mm-hmm. I can have that, but, like, you know, we want to make sure we can do it for ourselves. And, you know, I guess that's the whole point. Like, don't, you don't have to live in their society because, you know, that's their society, you know. Like, like white America, like, you know, who said that um, Burberry was you know, was popping or, or, you know, Gucci, like, who are they? Like, you know, how come Mm. there's not, you know, black uh, fashion moguls out there that, you know, can equally do it? And I guess we had some, but, like, that hasn't been any sense and that we've been glorifying, you know, you know, white American stuff and, or European stuff. Yeah. Like, stuff that's not even out. So. Well, I'll say, on, on that note, I, I can, <laughs> I'm going to try and be incredibly uh, generic about this. Um, I saw that as well when it came to the fashion industry, um, that apparently there weren't as many black or African, you know, straight up from Africa, 
fashion designers. Um, and then um, at the beginning of this year, I had started up an apparel company called Nice, N-I-C. Uh, and initially it was to um, spread awareness, and that became the focal point, uh, specifically for uh, water.org helping to, which I'm sure you've heard of by now, but if not yourself or the audience, it helps to uh, build uh, clean water resources in Africa, uh, specifically. Um, what pushed me towards that was seeing that there were different, as we were talking about, apparatuses in place that allowed for t-shirts and sweatshirts to be made up and not have to put any investment in it on my end and allow for that awareness to be spread. Not so much in the United States, because people have the aspersions that they have, and they cast them out. But people around the world who look at anything American as awesome. Like, that's the truth be told. I mean, if you're coming over to their country to fight them, then yeah, they hate you. But if you got a new song, or you got a dope t-shirt, they want it, because it's made in America. You know? Yeah, that's true. Um, and I saw, yes, no, you're absolutely right. There's, there's um, not as many black American or African uh, fashion designers as there should be. Um, but they exist, and the reason why we don't hear about them is because of the old model. The old model uh, dictated that there's a fa there are different uh, uh, seasons within the, the year, you know, different fashion seasons. Those shows display what's going to come up two to four seasons ahead of time, and then they are advertised via the fashion magazines. So I don't want to name any because I don't want to make it seem like I'm for or against any particular magazine house or another, but they're going to display the models that are um, of the day or are contracted to a particular house. You know, like it's, again, it's, it's not conspiratorial at all. It's just the way the system had worked up to a certain point, system, yeah. you know, and where we're at now, you can, case in point, advertise yourself on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and tie yourself to local artists and music videos and have an entire campaign built around an apparel line that, quote-unquote, nobody's heard of. The good thing about that is everybody likes that. And that's what's considered an indie artist. You know about yeah. something that nobody else knows about. So if you're putting your T-shirts or your socks or your, you know, your sneakers on a local hip-hop artist or a local slam poet or a local jazz outfit, you know, and you're like, no, here, take it. Like, it's free. Just when you go to that premiere thing, just wear it. And when people ask you, tell them who it is. That's exactly what happens when you look at the red carpet at the Golden Globes or the Emmys or the Oscars. What are they doing? They're asking you what they're wearing. You know, they're like, oh, what, what are you wearing? Whose shoes are those? I don't know. Because it's just the protocol. So you do the same thing for people that are going to the BET Awards or the Source Awards or your local beauty pageant. As, as weird as it sounds, you, you have to push that forward. And the only way right. you can push that forward is to have the information. The only way you have the information is to Google something other than what's Katy Perry or Black China wearing. That's not a slam on anyone. That's just you get to a point in your life, like you said, you get frustrated. And you're like, uh, okay, so what am I going to do next? I wasn't seeing enough black fashion designers. When I looked, I realized, oh, wow, there are a lot. Oh, okay, I'm not seeing them because they're not being promoted. Why are they not being promoted? Oh, because maybe they don't know how to do it. Maybe they don't want to do it. Maybe they're not, just not being promoted. So then, does that mean that I should stop or someone else should stop? No. Use the tools at your disposal. You know, I'm going to put in the show notes the 12 uh, points that you have put up, but one of them that's in there is this uh, aspect of creating propaganda. 
and I'm assuming, I'm going to let you speak, obviously, that, that usually people have this weird connotation with propaganda. Like, yeah. oh, it's a bad thing. But it's just a synonym for commercials. It's a synonym for getting the word out. So just, as, as it were, just let people know what you mean by that. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm going to put in the show notes. It's going to be right there, the 12 points. Okay. Um, but step, step one is get initial funding. Step two is to create propaganda. Um, ideally, what, what, what would you consider good propaganda for this cause that you want to push forward of creating social change and police reform and, and the like? So uh, propaganda to me is like creating information to be passed out to you know the audience, whether mm-hmm. it's a form of commercial or um, literature that you're handing out, or uh, you know um, Facebook you know posts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I'm working on right now is creating a flyer. Okay. So this is my form of propaganda. It's just a flyer that has basically everything that I wrote out on uh, on Facebook. I put it into a flyer, and I'm going to pass out, like, you know, different rallies and stuff like that. I had the 12 steps on it um, as well, so... Um, Hold it up to the screen. The I'll take a screenshot. <laughs> For the podcast listeners. Da-ba-ba. Yeah, it's just be another thing to put up on the website. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. So, um, what I'm going to do with this is I'm just going to take it a different rallies and stuff like okay. that pass out um on the back it says how to help and you know right now i'm not asking for people to donate money or anything like that i just want to um bring awareness to you know what's happening uh, okay. right now and see if anybody wants to be a part of you know this movement mm-hmm. um so on the back it says how to help and one of the ways you can help is just you know if you get one of these flyers take it make a copy you know you want to make a donation take five hours and make a copy of these flyers right pass it out in your neighborhood um okay. Join the Facebook page that we have, and then we have certain hashtags, you know, um, Us of America, Free America, and hashtag All of Us. Um, you know, whenever you, you want to write a situation that happened or anything to promote, you know, this cause, you can hashtag that just to, you know, create awareness and, and you know, bring popularity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's propaganda, like basically just being out there in people's faces, you know. Um, you know, they propagated, you know, people smoking cigarettes and, and Looney Tune cartoons and stuff mm. like that. Um, you know, they propagated, you know, sending money to war um, on these cartoons and billboards and stuff like that. So, um, you know, this is a propagation for getting people to get involved on, um, and to get awareness. And the more awareness that we have, the, the stronger that the energy that uh, we'll harness to create funding. Mm. Um, so... Right now, I guess to get a base of, you know, everybody who wants to be involved, you can go to our Facebook page. Okay. The Facebook page is, um, uh, this is the old one. The Facebook page is hashtag us of America. That's what I was assuming, because um, I do that a lot, too, when I do the uh, searches for stuff that I'm looking for. <laughs> like, yeah. I do, like, some kind of Google thing, but they have that in the Facebook or the Twitter. So I was assuming, you know, do the us of America. Like, do a search for that in Facebook, and the page should pop up in the search results. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Exactly. Um, I didn't, I, I made the, the group, well, I guess, I don't know when people will be listening to it, but I made the group last, the night before. Okay. Um, so I have to, you know, update it for, to start accepting people and things like that, put a picture and stuff like that. This episode um, will be broadcast to the uh, world on Monday, July 18th. It'll be good to go. It'll be on iTunes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's good. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that people got uh, some info on where they could find out more information, as it were. 
you know, um, like I told you before, I think it's a, a good idea to have uh, starting points and foundations um, when you're attempting to go forth in, a, in, a, um, in an Odysseus-like fashion and um, go learn something about yourself because everyone else is seeing it, whether it's yourself from the inception of the journey or other people, they're seeing you go out to go conquer something, to go achieve some goal. But the reality is you're going out and going on adventures trying to defeat demons <laughs> and, and, and monsters that exist in the world that people don't quite understand and have allowed to exist just to exist. And you're going to come back with all of this newfound uh, understanding of yourself and the world around you and that much more prepared to go on your next journey. So it's, it's incredibly important to let people have some kind of time capsule that they can look back on and say, okay, that's their genesis. We can use this as the starting point. Not when they got their first tooth, <laughs> not when they got, you know, an F on that science test, but we can use, you know, this moment in time when they were doing press, you know, for like a month or two where they were, you know, doing interviews here and there and they were just kind of forming the narrative of what it was they were trying to accomplish. You've got to be able to do that and do it in a controlled manner. That's the point of stuff like this. So that wasn't too bad, right? Nah, it wasn't too bad at all. <laughs> all right. I hope, uh, you know, I sound good and everything. And yeah, yeah. what we're trying to say and stuff. Yeah, I have a couple things recording. Uh, so, you know, so I'm going to listen to one of them, and if it doesn't sound too good, I'll use the other one. And <laughs> you got to have backup plans right, and contingencies. Cool. But I like the flow. Yeah, you can always call me, too, if you want, like, you know you want to do something else or if you have any questions or anything like that. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Uh, off off mic, I, I, I would definitely do that to push other things forward, but I just wanted to formally round it out. Thank you very much, Kamal, for coming on the show and letting people know that it's incredibly important to push for better societies and not just let them fall apart. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, if you're out there, you're listening, please, you know, check us out. Hashtag Us of America. Join mm -hmm. our Facebook page. Uh, we also have a Twitter. Um, the Twitter is also, uh, the Twitter is Us of America in New York City. So, is it um, NYC? Or like... NYC. Okay. Yeah. So Us it'll of be America, NYC. Everybody out there, assumingly, US of America, NYC. That's the Twitter. Right. right. Okay. So that's that's what you go to if you want to follow them. You want to get any new updates, any new reports, what's going on in the world, assumably more specifically in America. But from time to time, you'll be talking about worldly stuff. Yeah. 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 This is really important, man. Like you said at the beginning, um, there's a lot of reasons for people to give up, <laughs> to stop pushing forward now, and it's up to individuals like yourself to keep standing up and saying, oh, no, 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 we don't have to stop. We can we can keep going forward. We just have to go through this brush over here. I'm going to help you clear it out. But <laughs> yeah, that road exactly. sucks. Let's go down this one. We don't have to stand here and let the elements kill us. You know? Right, exactly. So, uh, you know, I'm hopeful, uh, you know, uh, something could change. Or, you know, even if it's not uh, worldwide, something local, you know, uh, I think... Um, you know, as much support as we can get, as much support as we can bring to, um, to each other, um, we should have a different mindset about each other mm. you know, as a people. Mm. Um, and I think once we get that mindset that, you know, 
we're not the, the negativity that they're putting out there and showing us every day, you know, this is not who we are. At one point, we had shows like Family Matters and things mm-hmm. like that that show, like, you know, the positive and, you know, the, the good of, you know, black America. And, you know, for whatever reason, that got pushed aside and we were shown, you know, loving hip-hop or Flavor Flav, mm-hmm. I guess, was mm-hmm. the one that started it. And, uh, you know, as entertaining as it, as it may be, you know, it doesn't define the whole race <laughs> of people, and there's so many, so many other things that you know we're talented and we can do um, that is not being shown. Right. And it's up to us to show it. You know, it's up to us to promote ourselves. You know, you know, and I have the tools to promote ourselves. You know, so um, and you know. No, what you were gonna say? Oh, on my Facebook mm-hmm. page, on my Facebook, you know, I've know well over like 300 friends or whatever and mm-hmm. you know there's so many feeds that i see which is people with talent like or different organizations that i've been a part of mm-hmm. you know, growing up and you know there's different facets of my life and you know the groups of people that i know there's so much talent that comes from all of that so you know why not take that talent and, and focus on um a single goal to, mm-hmm. to achieve something for everybody you know and the talent is there the the you know, we know how to do it. It's just a matter of coming together collectively and doing it. And I think, um, you know, like I said, a change of, of mind and about each other and, uh, you know, uh, some dedication or, or, you know, transformation of the passion that you have for yourself and your, and your brothers and sisters turn it into that political, that financial political engine mm-hmm. to... To make to make a horribly shoehorn pop culture reference, I tend to say quite often it's incredibly easy to be a Sith. It's hard to be a Jedi. It's really hard. And to apply that in the real life, it's so easy to be negative and tell people to yeah. go to hell or to just not do something or to just shirk responsibility. It's incredibly difficult to be kind, to be generous, uh, to be compassionate. But it has so many more long-term benefits. And, and like it's not even hard. Like I wouldn't even say it's hard. It's just a matter of effort. Like that's you know? the thing. And I guess that's the difference. Exactly. Yeah. Effort. <laughs> effort. It's a lot of people. It's taking that effort to say, okay, I'm not going to be negative about this. So every like you were saying, there's a lot of people on Facebook, you know, and I've seen this happen where oh, there's somebody that is artistically talented in one area, and then someone else clearly should be in the same boat with them, and instead of those two people collaborating or giving each other right. advice or anything like that, they start passively, aggressively competing. You know? And the I way to squash that is, like, with yourself, to be that light. Because that's all that hope hope is. Being hopeful or being positive. You're carrying a light amidst the darkness. And the darkness is other people's lights that have been either blown out by other people's indifference or by their own exasperation. And you have to keep igniting that wick with whatever fuel you are using to do so and guide people into a positive direction knowing that you're going to have down moments because you're humans you're going to feel negative you're going to be like man why am i doing this why don't i just do what everyone else is doing why don't i just do this why don't i just do that why don't i stop that like it's going to happen because if it didn't you're a psycho (laughs) you know so it's going to happen where you're going to be like you know what i should not be doing this i got to stop and then it's the onus is on you to be like oh wait hold on look at how far i've come like the inception of these thoughts when I started believing, like, maybe I could do something different, 
and now look at the like lives I've changed, like people I've met, the 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 minds I've flipped over, or just made see things a little differently, you know. And that's just on a small scale. Who who knows how much grander it could be down the line? And you you can't find that out unless you continue to push forward. Right. Yeah. You know, it's doable, man. It's doable. Just keep doing it. Know you're gonna fail. Yeah. <laughs> Fall down ninety nine exactly. times. Get up once. That's true. You need to get up once. All right, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the bookmark on the end there. That's the end of the episode. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Come on. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it, man. Thank There's no you. problem at all. Again, Us of America NYC at Twitter and Us of America on Facebook. Check it out there. All right, cool. surprise I want you to get it like a message in your inbox or a letter in your mailbox it's an analogy that didn't need to be made um, a gift something that gets to be unwrapped and it will either be multiple voices or a lone one also you know nothing is guaranteed in life I hope you enjoyed this episode in particular um, I mentioned it in the show itself, but along with it being in the show notes, you can find them at uh, Us of America NYC on Twitter, Us of America NYC, U-S-O-F America NYC. Of course, you put the little at symbol at the top. Um, he's a fascinating individual. Uh, what he's attempting to do uh, is something that I think a lot of different organizations are going to start to pop up and attempt to replicate and at a certain point we'll start to see a, a melding of the ideas and hopefully uh, more prosperous positive agendas can be pushed forward not only on this particular landmass but uh, globally so that we can stop uh, pittering around and playing games and allowing individuals that don't necessarily have humanity on the forefront of their agendas not to allow them to continue to be the ones that are the arbiters of our shared experience uh, at least the one that we attempt to achieve called peace and happiness if you want to email the show how can you email the show through email <laughs> and twitter uh, you can email uh, MoltenoArt, M-O-L-T-E-N-O, art, at gmail.com. Of course, you always want to have things streamlined. <laughs> so the Twitter account is MoltenoArtists, <laughs> M-O-L-T-E-N-O-A-R-T-I-S-T-S. My uh, pronunciation, or rather spelling out of words, is an homage to George Costanza's father. 
and uh, reading out telephone numbers. And that is a horrible reference to Jerry Stiller, <laughs> who played Arthur on King of the, uh, King of Queens. He said it as Arthur, not as George Costanza's father. See that? That was an Easter egg that I unpacked unnecessarily. Um, is there anything that I want you to check out? Uh, not necessarily. You can go to Norbury Studios, N-O-R-B-U-R-Y studios.com. Check out some of the films and some of the artificial reality games. You can go to Twitter account Carbonado Records at Carbonado Records, C-A-R-B-O-N-A-D-O Records, Carbonado Records. The carbonado is the hardest substance on the planet, the black diamond. Don't want to do too much promo at the end, because I want to give you guys a reason to just keep listening. Again, I know what it's like to be a podcast listener. Don't want to listen to all the junk. You can go to the Facebook page too, facebook.com forward slash Molteno Art, M-O-L-T-E-N-O-A-R-T. It would be more fun, I guess, if I didn't do it in threes, but instead did it in twos. I think if I was going to spell music, I guess I should pick a, a word that's not six, that's not five letters, it should be something that's even, yeah? So instead of saying, you know, M-U-S-I-C, it would be M-U-S-I-C. That's more musical. Again, I'm going into this sketch from The King of Queens. Um, a couple holdovers, I guess, from some of the other previous uh, shows. And if you don't know what that's about, uh, you can search my name in the iTunes store, Nick Antoine, N-I-C-A-N-T-O-I-N-E. Find some of those other shows, as it were. Uh, go listen to The Weekly Planet. Search that out. If you're into uh, movies and television and graphic novels, if you're just into movies and, and weird movies, but movies that you either have, you know, you, they hold a special place in your heart for, for good or ill, <laughs> or you've never heard of them, and you want to hear some hilarious people talk about it, uh, check out How Did This Get Made? Amazing show. Um, and I've done this before, so I'll do it again. I have some cats that I'm paying attention to. But, uh, <laughs> I'm breaking the fourth wall here. Um, I'm going to go in order of what has helped the m me the most with film. Uh, improv for Humans, Comedy Bang Bang. That's what got mentioned in that order. Um, and then I'll describe it in reverse order. There's no, there's no personal preference here, peoples. Uh, Comedy Bang Bang is a show hosted by Scott Ackerman. Uh, that's, it's a podcast as well as a TV show on IFC. If I'm not mistaken, they're going to be going into their sixth season quite, 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 quite soon on the television show. Um, but the podcast is well over the 400s. Um, I think at the time of this recording, it's at, um, you don't have any guess? I'm not going to guess because I'm going to be very wrong and I could look and I'm not going to look. Um, it's like a talk show that's improv. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Weird guests come into the show and talk about their weird worlds and they're goaded on by the weird host, <laughs> Scott Ackerman. Improv for Humans is hosted by Matt Besser, and it is a, a different type of improv show, 
where different guests come in and are given various types of suggestions. I don't want to spoil it because you can hear it on the show. It's an amazing show. They're both equally amazing shows for differing reasons. Okay. Um, that being said, I wanted to shout them out because every now and again, I'm going to point out like, hey, you know, you should check out these other podcasts. And every now and again, I'll repeat just because I heard some new episode that was great. Or, you know, sometimes I just won't mention anything. Obviously, go check out Harmontown. Don't check it out. Start from the beginning and go through that existential crisis uh, for yourself. I don't mean uh, Mr. Dan Harmon's. I mean your own. I don't think there's anything else to give you guys, you ladies and gents, guys and goyles. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be the end of the show. I don't believe there will be any breaks because of filming, because I just recently wrapped up the fourth film, and the documentary was done months ago. Uh, the, everything having to do with nice clothes happens during the week and that won't preclude any of the recording of segments or anything like that so uh, knock on wood it's gonna be loud here's hoping oh wait one more time <laughs> that was an easter egg for my doctor who fans um, there shouldn't be any breaks in the recordings but if there are you know i, I still love you guys you know you're still awesome so this this has been a, this has been a fun one this has been this has been interesting. Um, here's hoping that uh, this can be a welcome enough distraction from the things that are happening in the world that happen to make absolutely no sense. Um, but in the same token, not so much of a distraction that you forget what you're supposed to be doing here on this planet, which is spreading love and peace. It's incredibly important. Don't pay attention to all the negativity around you because it's incredibly easy to do. It's not what matters. What matters is you. Live well, eat well, be well. <laughs>